everyone, Haley here. We just got back from Gen Con and it was amazing. It was my first time going and it was a lot of fun. It was also our very first um, official fan meetup and it was a hit. I absolutely had a fantastic time. Uh, we didn't get a full roster of who all was there, but a lot of people came um, to have some drinks with us and generally just hang out and have a good time. We basically were there until close. It was a blast. Uh, thank you guys so much for coming, and we're so incredibly grateful that we got to interact with so many of you. Um, hopefully, we can see some of our East Coast friends later this year. Um, and if you want more information about that, it'll be coming through on our Discord, and we might announce stuff a little bit later on the episodes, but definitely on our Discord and uh, reach out via email. But with that, welcome to episode 52 Magic Meat Locker. Like liquor and things that go boo? Then buckle up, listener, cause this one's for you. Prepare yourself for the Hideous Laughter Podcast. Hey everybody and welcome back to the Hideous Laughter Podcast, episode 52. And normally, 52 episodes would be like... A year, right? But not for us, because we released three on the first week. But it's coming up. It's coming up real quick. <laughs> starting to get gray in my temples, starting to get uh, some crow's feet going on, uh, little patches of my hair falling out. It's been a while. It's been a while playing this game, huh? Yeah, you look old as shit. Yeah, I know. I'm just dying over here. You know what? I think I, I think I had a picture of Horace and you right next to each other. And I couldn't even tell the difference. Oh, no. <laughs> I feel like my liver is aging me very rapidly now. <laughs> so, what you drinking, Steve? I'm drinking a multitude of beverages, Griffin. I got a lineup here. Um, I'm finishing off a Bon & Viv Spike Seltzer. This is Clementine Hibiscus. I'm rolling into a Five Rabbits Palatas beer, another one of those today. And then after that, I'll be ending the session on a nice Brewdog Elvis Juice. Nice. The trifecta. Yeah. Surprised my way down the line. Surprised you started on Celty. Um, I thought I was going to finish this before we started, and then we got faster to recording than I expected. Always like the surprise and delight. Speaking of surprising and delight, delightful, Brooks, what you drinking, buddy? I am drinking the uh, the pole drink this week, which Emily knows the exact name of. Fancy free. Fancy free. <laughs> It sounds super fruity and light. It is indeed not with uh, <laughs> bourbon and maraschino liqueur and a couple of different kind of bitters. And that is it. That sounds really good for a fancy lad like Ick. Well, fancy free. It certainly is fancy. I feel fancy. Beautiful. Warm, in fact. All the way down my to my tummy. It's a lot of booze. Speaking of a lot of booze, Haley, what you drinking? I have a box of high noons here. Uh, a box. <laughs> I, I just figured I'd take the whole box. Yeah, up. bring the box. I'm up. not working tomorrow because we're traveling to Gen Con tomorrow. Well, I was gonna get there, but <laughs> so that means I've got a box of high noon pineapple. Nice. How is it? It's good. 
Speaking of just good, Emily, what you drinking? I have a vodka and sparkling water beverage, and it's pomegranate flavored. Okay, okay. Tastes like watered down vodka. No, it <laughs> tastes like sparkling pomegranate juice. Mm, that's not juice. That's water. Sorry, sparkling water, but it doesn't taste like vodka. I've had it. Speaking of juice, I'm drinking some White Claw, the grapefruit kind. The juice of all juices, especially for HLP. And unlike Steve, my lineup consists of just one after another White Claw. A couple different flavors, bought a multi-pack, gonna get it. I hear there's no laws when you're on the claws. <laughs> Somebody, <laughs> man, I wish I would have heard that sooner. Somebody sent me the perfect uh, meme of your party and this podcast right now, and it was it was uh, claw in order, and uh, and they're holding like the white claw, white claw, and it's seltzer victims unit. <laughs> <laughs> That's pretty clever. It was amazing. Speaking of amazing, we're heading to Gen Con fucking tomorrow, guys. This will come out like seven or eight days after Gen Con. Yeah. <laughs> it will. And I'm sure we'll be none the better for it. And I see, I will see you guys a whole day after you guys get there. So don't drink all the booze without me. Nah, somebody's working. Boo. I hope you're bringing more booze. Right? Yeah, you're stocking up, right? We're going to burn through our supply on Thursday night. I mean, it sounds like I'm going to have to make a trip, but <laughs> Emily does have my stash. Yeah, I just bought. 1.75 liters of vodka, so I think we should be good. A normal person calls that a handle. I wasn't sure exactly what it was called. On the way over, oh, I, on, the, on the way over, I picked up 42 <laughs> beers, so that'll get us through maybe Friday afternoon. Yeah, a 1.75 liter. Yeah, that's what we should start calling it. Yep. Oh, I'm coming to the party with a 1.75 liter. Who wants a taste? Who wants to take a dinger off my 1.75 liter? It doesn't say handle on the bottle, but it does say 1.75. Oh, everyone since college has ever said, has called it that. Does the bottle have a fucking handle on it? Yes. yes. Okay, then it's a handle. <laughs> there you go. You did it. How's the mystery your, how's is your 12 ounces of white claw? <laughs> <laughs> oh, it's about 11 now because I drank a, drank a little ounce there. Don't, mean, don't want to mystify yeah. the fans. I only have 11 ounces left. You mean like somewhere around like 150 milliliters? Since we're going by, yeah, yeah, give or take. How many cups is that? Oh, I don't. (laughs) I'm at a, I'm at a eighth of a pint of white claw. They call these eighth piners. But I think we got some rolling to do, gang. All right, let's see who's drinking next. So Brooks doesn't have to roll, and Emily nope. doesn't have to roll, but me, Stephen, Haley have to roll. Oh, fuck me. It sounds like we'll do Griffin's announcement last. I've got a 15. I have a one. Oh, shit, I beat you with a two. Oh! oh! Damn, girl. Nice. You're drinking. Yeah. And for the third time, I advanced to the finals. <laughs> This is the first time it's not you and I. I know. That's this so is a, sad. This is the first time I'm a contender for the finals, and I just want to thank the fans uh, that have stood by me this whole round because, uh, man, it's going to be a real punch out. Yeah. 
It's going to be that. wild watching Haley drink the grandma's ashtray next weekend. I don't think she actually can. Uh, I really, like, I think that I can't. I well, would have to look at ingredients. That depends on who puts it on the pole. And we can make some substitutions. And, and make, who, make a couple uh, uh, game time decisions. Yeah. <laughs> With all that drinking business out of the way, knowing that we have a lot of drinking business to come for the next couple of days, let's get right back into where we left off. And where we left off, you guys had just finished a brutal gas fight. It was a knockout, dragout brawl, a lot of paralysis, people going down, Matumbe almost dying, but something happened. Eclipse gave herself over to the lopper. And so I want to start this on a scene. The scene opens on heavy panting and squelching footfalls in quick succession. Dusk has fallen over the countryside, and a very flesh-and-bone Vance Stressel enters the scene. His clothing is damp, as if he's waded through a body of water recently. The distant sound of barking hounds causes Vance to gasp and search the horizon behind him warily. Shit! I thought I lost him! He mutters to himself, over the crest of a hill and past fields of amber and golden grain, he spots potential salvation. A small, tidy cottage sits within the lopper's grasp. He tightens his grip on his trusty axe and heads for the door. Inside the house, a family of Wyangs, a mom, dad, and two young sons are startled by the loud knocking, interrupting their dinner. The father answers the door and takes a few shaky steps back from the axe-wielding man in the threshold. You're going to have to help me hide if you want to see tomorrow, mister. If I get out of this, then so will you. The lopper steps through the door and closes it behind him as the scene fades to black. And with that, we're back on the scene. Matumbe bleeding out on the ground. Lyra, 10 feet in the air, on a rope. That probably saved her from all of the damage. Ikmer, the only person with feet on the ground and standing. And Eclipse, in the corner of the room, just recovering from her paralysis. What are you guys doing? Eclipse would be feeling out her uh, arms, making sure she's not paralyzed. I understand the Matumbe is bleeding out. Eclipse does not understand what's going on with her limbs. Lyra has been watching over this whole battle, so she is going to stabilize Matumbe. So she casts stabilize? Yes. Okay, so Matumbe, you're no longer bleeding out. What's that sheet look like, bud? All right. Um, geez. So, uh, first of all, much appreciated on the stabilization here. That stabilizes me at negative seven out of 56 hit points. That is, for reference, five points away from permadeath. Um, my status on my sheet says, parentheses, dead or dying. So, you know that right off the rip. It's not good. And stacked up, blinded, disabled, dying, paralyzed, prone. Bad situation. When he was paralyzed, his eyes were open. His eyes were open. There was a big flash. It blinded him. And so he's just kind of stunned, feeling his life bleed away. It's awful. I 
noticed something uh, listening back to the tapes. Now, I hit you on everything but a natural one. And there was one natural one rolled against Matumbe yesterday. And at a D6 plus three, had that been anything but a one, you would have had over a 50-50 chance of being permadead right now. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. So that's how dire that fight got. Oof. That's closer than I thought. But, uh, Matumbe, did you make any noise as you were, like, being healed up? I think he's literally literally just unconscious right now. Okay. Um, And I'm not healed. I'm just stable. Oh, yeah. Uh, Matumbe, where are you? I I can't see anything. Where are you? Are you are you blind? I am blind. For a, a couple more rounds. Yeah, so you're both. You're still paralyzed, though. I can't, yeah, I can't answer. <laughs> it's okay, Ikmer. I cast a spell to kill the gas. They're gone now. So, but your blindness will last for just a few more seconds. Just stay where you are. Don't move. What? All right, I'm coming. No, no, stay there. Don't move. You'll step on Matumbe. Steps up into bay with, a, with an ironclad boot. Does five points of damage. <laughs> Kicks him right in the nards. <laughs> now that Eclipse is no longer paralyzed, she would probably, again, continue kind of that stretch walk on over to uh, Matumba and say, Man, I'm so stiff right now. Uh, we're looking pretty worse for wear, though. And she'll shove a potion of cure moderate down your throat. Oh, that's... Uh, that's very well welcome over here. Yeah. I actually have two of those if you uh, potentially need a second. Well, Lear also has Cure Mod as a spell. Yes. Do we have any more Cure Light wand usages? We are at 31 of 50. Okay, so you guys still got some. So you could probably burn those to heal. Did you want to roll the cure mod? Or we are we? I'm sorry. Were we going to wait for that to see what we want to do with the wand or potentially Lyra? So you actually poured a potion. Yes. Okay. Yeah, like that happened okay. for sure. Yeah. So roll your uh, roll your d8s. That's two, right? Or three? Two. Come on. I see that look. Seven healing. Eight. You're oh. conscious. <laughs> hey, uh, I know I heard somebody over there. I I could use, uh, I, I don't feel so good over here. So why don't we handle uh, the healing off air, assuming you guys are going to get to full. All right, so after we did um, some off air healing, Ended up using the remaining 19 charges on uh, the Wand of Cure Light between Ikmer, Matumbe, and Eclipse. And I don't think we're all at full still. I feel a lot better now, actually. I'm, I'm feeling uh, 100% for, for I guess, uh, what it's worth. And at, at the same time, though, I can see again, which is really, really nice, but... I think things are still a little bit black and white, but I think we're still in the dark, so that might come back in in light. Oh, uh, Matumbe recasts light, 
um, if he needs to. I'm not 100% sure, but whatever. He recasts it um, and, and says, Oh, they, they swarmed all over us. Who, who saved us? I went down. I saw Eclipse was down before I went. I was, I don't know what happened. Yeah, and then I got away from all the ghouls, and I watched as Lyra just took them all out. We, we weren't faring too well, so I, I blinded them, and you guys too, but luckily it only deals damage to evil dark creatures. I continue to be impressed by your magical prowess, Lyra. Thank you for what you have done, my... Certainly, I, w- I would be dead by now, and perhaps, perhaps Ikma may be eclipsed too. We are all in your debt. Yeah, that's very true. I mean, I wish I could do something as cool as that. Yeah, it was so crazy to watch it, because I was able to run away for a little bit, and then I just watched, and, and she just, boom, flash of light, and then boom, flash of light. Well, I was really only able to cast it because I wasn't in immediate danger, so thank you guys for keeping them busy. Speaking of them getting busy, what were those things? Anyone can make a knowledge religion to answer his question. That's a natural 20. Could have used that last session. <laughs> yep. At any time. <laughs> at any time I could have used that. Um, that comes up to a 30. Yeah, yeah, you know these are gas, so the um, the stronger version of a ghoul, a, a person that was more powerful succumbing to ghoul fever. Uh, is I don't want to need to know anything mechanically, but is is that all there is to the backstory of a of a ghast? Um, why would they be here? Generally, ghasts kind of scavenge and find dark places to hide Mm -hmm. you could assume that this area might be known for having gas like in the woods and in the swamps and and they might have congregated here after the building burnt down but beyond that i mean it's it's just kind of a standard gas came through the place decided to nest here during the day yeah these these are Somewhat powerful undead creatures, but they're some sort of scavenger. They took up residence here, probably. They we they just saw us as easy prey as we came down into the hole one by one. One thing you would know, Matumbe, just based off of that really bomb roll, is that their bite gives off a disease. Okay. And that disease is ghoul fever. Quick. Everybody, uh, I, I fear that if you were bitten by one of these foul creatures, you may have some sort of infection. Did, did anybody get bit? I, I went down. I, I got very hurt, but I, I don't think a, one landed a bite on me that contracted the venom. No, but, I mean, you and I were both definitely bit up a lot. I just, I don't know if I felt anything extra besides paralysis, because I didn't feel anything after they bit me the first time. Hmm. Ikmer removes a, his shin plate and looks down and sees a swollen 
probably already pussed up uh, bite wound. Yeah, you can see Matumbe if you make me a heal check. Yeah. And Ikmer, you can make one as well. Just hey, there's down. a natty mm. 19. Okay. <laughs> Matumbe, you're going to... What is happening to you? <laughs> I hate this game. <laughs> when nobody's in trouble. So, so Matumbe, you know without the shadow of a doubt that Ikmer's contracted this disease. You can see, again, to Brooks's description, it's, it's almost already pussing. You actually see the streaks of red mm-hmm. coming off of this raised bite and they look like they're going up his leg. Oh, that's so nasty. Um, do I know anything else about this? It, it, do, can we treat it? Uh, yeah, you do. You would know that the onset of ghoul fever is typically a day from getting bitten. And what happens is the person suffers several different ability damages. Okay. They will continue that each day. If they save again, they're okay, just the ability damage. If the damage becomes enough to kill them, con damage is included in here, which is the only lethal type of ability damage. If it kills them... They'll rise the next day as a ghoul or gas, depending on how powerful they are. So he's good. He's kind of kneeling by Ikmer's leg, you know, kind of muttering to himself, oh, this doesn't look good. No, maybe like poke at it a little bit with one of his gauntlets. Um, just to, you know, with that, with that heel check. Um, and he's going to turn to Lyra and Eclipse and, and look them in like one in the, uh, dead in the eye, one after the other and say, we need to get this boy to medical help much sooner rather than later. We have, I would say, maybe a day before the illness sets in, but Ikma, you, you, you could be in trouble if we don't get this treated immediately. I haven't seen anything like this on the trailer when I was a guard or anything, but I really don't feel that bad. I mean, it hurts a little bit, but nothing I can't just walk off, you know? Oh, no. You cannot walk this off. Well, I mean, I know we're supposed to watch for the beast tonight, but um, if while we're watching over the beast, I'm allowed to uh, perform a ceremony over it, I could remove it. It's magics I'm not familiar with, but I've seen you do many things I've never seen a living soul do before. If you say that you can remove with some sort of ritual, uh, some shadow of the occult... Be my guest, obviously. Sa- uh, help save our friend. I I know the the. What was it? What was the name of that church called? Did it have a name? Grave charge. Grave charge. Well, I uh, I know grave charge is. I mean, they can probably help out too. I mean, to be honest, though, I, I I'm not. I I would rather go there, guys. Yeah, mine should only be used for last resorts anyways if we're running out of time before we get to the beast. I, I know cure disease is a, is a spell that the clerics of Phrasma should be familiar with. We certainly can stop there. Do we need to go back right now, or can we finish up investigating first? I think we have a little bit of time. I, I wouldn't give it more than a day, but we, we do need to get this boy treated. 
We can spend some time here, but we should head right back after, or at least not deviate for more than the 24-hour onset of this disease. Like, we could do other stuff too, but like, we just, just don't forget, you know? Okay. Like, make we- a list, put it on there, set an alarm. <laughs> <laughs> Cast alarm spell. <laughs> all right. So, I would like to do a perception around the room. Yes, you may. You all may. For sure. Back to my good perceptions with a 10. 15? 19. Okay. 10, 15, 19, 20. You find a couple of things. You find some stuff buried. Lyra, you would be the one finding this with your 20. You would find 12 silver crossbow bolts in a quiver. Hmm. A slightly melted gold belt buckle. An iron bracelet with silver filigree. Um... It's depicting a moon eating an owl. Eclipse with your 19, I imagine you guys are kind of spreading out and searching. Yeah. You find kind of bodies, charred bodies, but bodies nonetheless. 11 in total kind of scattered around this large basement. Why would there be bodies down here? The people who died in the fire, potentially. Yeah, but who threw them down in the pit? Um, is there anyways. any is there any reason to think that the you know where they kept the patients was in the basement? Are there beds, tables? Were their legs broken from the fall or being pushed in? If you let me finish, uh-huh. ah. <laughs> Bay. With your 15, you find an ornate, but rather destroyed laboratory. At least that's what it looks like to you. And a chair. And you can see kind of the markings of where they might have existed before the fire, where straps likely were. You find some surgical tools nothing out of the ordinary no n- nothing like the surgical tools you found before but surgical tools nonetheless and you find some alchemical ingredients nothing quite finished mm-hmm. but you can kind of tell like these uh, these are herbs and uh, tinctures and that kind of stuff that that you you would imagine could be mixed into serums. Is is there fire damage in the in the basement? Yes. And does the herbs and serums and 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 other chemicals show signs of fire damage? The glass around them does. Okay, some so this, some are this shattered. Was some have survived before yes. the fire. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yes. Cool. Uh, Ikmer, you are the lowest perception, but you still do find something. You kind of wander off away from most of the interesting things. 
But you do find a relatively undamaged vial in the corner of the room. It's empty, but the label on it isn't burned. And it reads, Vorksteg and Grind, Chemical Bleach. Hey guys, I mean, I, I'm not exactly what uh, this is could be used for or anything like that, but it, it certainly seems like some sort of well lead. If uh, if I am so much of a detective as I am, Igma, Vugstag, and Grime. That those names, those those were the same names we saw upstairs, and the same names of. Uh, that we were fed by the gnome, correct? A chemist? With the suspect laboratory or factory? Yep. This definitely seems like uh, more of an operation and... Well, not not a, not a any sort of sanctuary, that's for sure. You, you see yourself as somewhat of a detective. You, do you find it strange that... On a hunt for these surgical equipment, we find the exact names of folks who are tied to this this crime scene? I think it is beyond coincidence. Also, the fact that there are surgical tools here and someone had to go out and buy some new surgical tools or higher quality surgical tools makes it kind of seem like whoever it was really, really, uh, well, liked using or needed to use surgical tools. So I, th- I think we need to keep following up on that, too. Everybody make me an intelligence or wisdom check, whichever is highest for you. Joke's on you. They're the same for Ekmar. Nice. I have a plus four intelligence and uh, so a seven. Okay. Okay. I got an eight. <laughs> I also got a seven. Well, I got a natural twenty. <laughs> what the <laughs> fuck, Steve? <laughs> Steve's so stupid. I hate it. <laughs> Matumbe is the only one to, after Ikmer says this, put some pieces together, and he thinks, "No, that can't be right." The surgical tools were found at a crime scene that was over a year old, and this crime scene is six months old. If the fire was a cause of somebody buying new surgical tools, the timeline doesn't match up. Also, now we're playing by timeline rules? Apparently, this whole town doesn't play by timeline rules. (laughs) (laughs) It might still be, though, that there's one person behind all of these crimes and it's not the beast obviously so if we can find that person and if they're still alive we might be able to save the beast's life and get him set free bring him to justice is what i say he has caused us enough trouble and put our friend in danger griff besides this basement and the upper floor and the graveyard uh, were there any other maybe side buildings or rooms of note that we might have missed going into the basement? Again, most rooms were destroyed okay. in the upstairs. Now, this laboratory is a room of note down here. But yeah. um, other than that, you have these bodies 
you could examine them. Well, I mean, as far as the investigation goes, I think we can definitely bring this vial and back back as evidence. But if we're trying to keep on timeline, I'm not sure how much longer we should stay. Before we leave, I found some things that I think could be valuable. Eclipse, could you take a look at this gold buckle and uh, iron bracelet? Yeah, definitely. Uh, I'm going to hold the iron bracelet uh, and use object reading if I can. If anything is of interest. Yeah, the iron bracelet. You flash to a scene of you in a chair and you're strapped down. And you see a woman... She kind of scuttles back and forth in front of your field of vision, never lingering, wearing a lab coat. And you look down at your hands, and they're bound, and you're wearing the bracelet. You feel a cold hand on your wrist. And... The hand removes the bracelet from you, almost from like behind your back. And then you feel something cold and metallic around your skull. And you feel this heat and then this tingle and then this burning pain through all your muscles. And then your vision goes black. Oh man, uh, well, it's it's certainly no no special properties or anything here. But whoever wore it, I think, was killed by the electric chair. And then uh, I can roll an appraise too. Sure, yeah, roll an appraise. Can I roll the appraise for both of them? Yep. Uh, 12 total. You'd imagine these two things were would be worth roughly 200 gold combined, uh, 50 and 150 for the melted belt buckle and the silver bracelet, respectively. I'm starting to feel a little woozy here, guys. Let's just check out the bodies and then we can get going. Okay. I need a perception check on the bodies. I'll take a look. They look slightly blackened to me. 26. 21. 23. So the three of you, everyone but Ick, as you look at these bodies, you can kind of see through the char and burn damage you can tell that their remains for most of them are just physically deformed like hunchbacks and gnarled limbs maybe a uh, misshapen skull or two some eye sockets that don't line up 
you can tell these people were in general pretty physically deformed. Who rolled the 26? Eclipse? Yes. Eclipse, you find a head in the corner that is not deformed. Can I, I guess, go check out the not deformed head? Yeah. I mean, you're checking it out right now. Yeah. What about, I have, I have skull, I have like a skull reading thing. Let me see if I've used that for the day. Yeah, let me further examine the skull, uh, or, like, if you want to give me object reading first, I can do that, but otherwise I will examine the skull at length. How does that work? Does it need to be a living creature, or... No, it's, a uh, phren- phrenology. <laughs> um, basically, it can't be used on creatures without discernible skulls, uh, such as constructs, elementals, ooze, and plants, but otherwise it can be on, uh... A willing or helpless or paralyzed or decomposed remains, as long as the skull is intact. Okay, the skull is intact. And what does it give you? Well, I have to roll for it. Okay. Uh, 12 plus 9 knowledge arcana will give me a uh, 21. And that means that I would know... It's race, age, gender, alignment, and class. Nice. You know that this is a human, male. Alignment is neutral evil. And class is alchemist. What in the world? Guys, this skull, it's from an alchemist. An evil one at that. I wonder if he set the fire. No. There probably was a debate. There was probably a fight here. I wonder if two alchemists didn't get along. Two laboratories, are you saying? Two alchemists and one laboratory. It didn't go well. That's what I think. Oh. A female and a male alchemist. That's my current theory. Sorry. Do you think this is Dr. Brada? Was he evil? Uh, his grave was the ceremonial one. It, uh, it, we can't count out that this was his skull, although we, I don't know we can say for certain quite yet. Well, Matumbe, I mean, it's not exactly above us to, you know, find out exactly if he's in his grave or not. Uh, that was a perception check I made. Last yeah, you episode. knew the earth. Yeah. It was, it was dis- empty. Disturbed at all? Oh, you, we, oh, we knew yeah, it was, it was a empty ceremonial and one. But do we know that it, his body's actually in there? Again, ceremonial grave. So you know that it's not. It's not in there. His body's not in there. Oh, okay. I guess I didn't understand the whole ceremonial bit. Oh no, you're fine. Yeah, we can't. We can't count it out. Uh, we don't know for sure, but perhaps. Well, he looks like an alchemist to me. Well, hopefully this isn't the person that started the fire, so we can actually bring them to justice. How much of a corpse do we need for Speak With Dad? A working mouth. Hmm. <laughs> I... My religion certainly has some... 
some views on tampering with remains. However, I think once we we could we could potentially speak with this dead man and find out a little bit more about him before enterring him into the earth. Are, are you sure you're able to do that? I mean, he doesn't... I mean, I I didn't get a, quite a good look at him, but it doesn't seem like he had lips or a tongue or... I, I don't know. I don't know how well he'd be able to use those. All right. that's a, I guess that's a good question. A working mouth is defined as a mouth or a mouth with lips and tongue. You and could literally speak with dead with a skull. Okay. Oh, okay. So we could yeah. do it. Yeah. yeah, man. Just like a... Now, it's not going to be able to speak as coherently as like a full body, but you should still be able to get information out of it. No, it's it's just like Jack Skellington. Don't, don't yeah. listen to Griffin. It's just like Jack Skellington. <laughs> If it's evil, though, it's not going to want to cooperate with us, probably. It does not know that we know it's evil. Perhaps it will at least reveal its name. It would give us some good information. Do you want to carry it with you? I don't see why not. I can bear that burden. I guess I maybe have like a backpack or something I could put this skull in. <laughs> Just like put it around a cord on your neck. <laughs> that would be pretty on brand. Yes, it would. I think he has a Ferasmin Inquisitor with <laughs> a dead <laughs> dead body on him. All right. Is there anything else though in this in like the asylum that we even need? I guess. I mean, you could check out the lab further. I just gave you what Matumbe got on his perception check. You could um, further examination of the notes could, the notes that you found in the lockbox, again, more than like a cursory glance could potentially give you more information. Yeah, actually, Eclipse might want to object read those now that she's like seen that one vision and like now knows there's neutral evil alchemist and the girl yeah could, could you could you do that and object read the um the chemistry stuff afterwards for sure awesome okay so you object read the notes uh you can you're writing them is what you can see and you're writing what looks like a log, like a ledger. And you're describing, at least on this page, and that's all I'm going to give you, uh, like the purchase of what appears to be body parts. Body parts, full corpses, you name it. The sign date or the signed, like the signature at the end of the journal entry is Dr. Brada. Guys, these were Dr. Brada's notes and they were keeping track of their pieces and parts of bodies. I wonder what they used them for. According to our friend Carl, Dr. Barata was trying to cure elements of the mind using traditional means of therapy. What would the man of, of this nature need with body parts? I'm starting to think that Carl was a giant liar. 
maybe he wasn't quite what he seemed. This seems like an awful lot to be going on without him knowing anything about it. If we have time, maybe we should go back and Ikmer could do a little bit of intimidating. And I shall detect his lies. If if he's lying. And yeah, because at this point I'm pretty sure he's either dumb and he just didn't know because he was dumb yep. or he was in on it and is a liar. Either way, I think he deserves another, well, a much more sternful visit. You'd like that. Let's go ahead and check out some of these chemistry gear and head to the chemist. All right, yeah, I'll, I'll touch and feel around the <laughs> chemistry. Okay. Um, so you, you're touching some of the chemistry equipment. You're feeling around. And you get a really strong... What is it? What does your object reading feel like when it happens to you? I feel like it feels like a dream. But I don't, I don't know what you mean by feels. I don't know. Is it like a flash in your mind? Is it like um, it no. starts like hazy? How does it happen? In my head, it's like I'll touch the object. And once I start concentrating, I have an entire minute where I am living this person's life. Yeah, so when Eclipse object reads, in general, she, like, will take the object and really focus on it, and then I feel like she goes into, like, literally a dream state, and is, at some points, probably even acting out what she sees in this dream state happening for, like, the full minute of that person's, like, life. Like, she's almost being them for a minute. Okay. Eclipse sees a gloved hand reach for this syringe but it hesitates and it takes the glove off and these long sharp looking nails she clicks them together for a moment before picking up the syringe the rest of you see Eclipse pick up the syringe and begin to move and she walks behind the restraining chair and presses on the wall and the wall slides open Eclipse back to your image you feel a chill as you enter this room an unnatural cold and the shelves in here are lined with human and monster and otherwise remains. You inject your syringe into a body part and extract some, well, you wouldn't call it blood anymore, but this almost black-looking fluid. And you return to the kind of pain screams of somebody in this chair. From behind, you plunge the needle into their neck, and then your vision fades, and the rest of you see Eclipse kind of reaching around this chair as well. But the doors, there's a secret door that's still open? Yes. 
Eclipse, are you okay? Yeah, I think I'm okay. It's just, it, man, that was that was really strong. This person, I, I think they had done this a lot. Enough, enough that my body almost lost its full control there. Better be careful then with what you pick up. That's dangerous. Just make sure you guys always watch out for me. That's why I always have friends around. All the time. Yeah, we definitely have your back. You don't have to worry about that. Yeah, you know that. You know what I always say. It's an expression that I brought from the Mwangi to the Ustalav. Squad up. (laughs) (laughs) Or... You know, there was a saying that I used to say as well. I don't have friends, only family. Igma, would you like this corona? I would love that. Cut the mic. (laughs) Quick. Before we get too deep in the Fast and Furious. I'm tempted to bring in four more gas just so we can call this one two gas, two furious. (laughs) Do you remember about that time I got into chariot racing in Tianja? They called it Tianja Drift. Whoa. All right, all right, we're done. done. (laughs) So uh, can we do a perception check in that secret room we found? Eight. 22. It's still pretty uh, dark and blackened in here. 26. You can see that this room has escaped the effects of the fire. Maybe because it was behind a stone door. It's also still very cold in here. And although they have decayed, being six months old now, there is still flesh on these body parts in this room body parts in jars or body parts out and out things in jars yes body parts out nothing in jars in this room okay it's like slabs of meat on shelves oh dear so just like general knowledge for ustalov is the buying and selling of body parts for science legal and just kind of frowned upon or is it like not accepted illegal trade make a knowledge local check I'll direct my question to Matumbe. I have a 20. Yeah, with a 20, you would know that places like the University of Lepidstadt certainly buy bodies and body parts. The trade is kind of in the gray area. Respectable people do buy body parts for the study of anatomy. Um, they generally just don't ask questions as to where it came from. It is illegal to steal from graves and that kind of thing. Certainly legal for those who donate or in their will have their family sell their bodies to science. So again, it kind of skirts the line here of a legal or non-legal situation, depending on how the bodies and body parts were found. 
Is this uh, another thing that you can uh, take with you, Matumbe? Just hanging around your neck? You know, so for evidence, though, you know. Uh, I, I don't think so. He's just going to look like a skewer in the center of, like, rotating meat, like in a, oh, like in a kebab <sighs> stand or whatever. God. Is there any magic in this room? You detecting magic? I can't. I will detect magic. The whole room is magical. More. <laughs> yeah, if I focus, what kind of magic? Do you want to roll a spellcraft? I can tell you the spell. It's not super hard, DC. Probably won't get it. That's a five. Yeah, with a five, you're not sure. Uh, uh, 14. Yeah, 14 is enough to recognize this spell. Uh, this looks like kind of a modified aura of like a chill touch or something um, used to keep this room very cold. That's like a magic meat locker. Yeah. Ugh. Oh, God. Magic Title of this episode. Ma- magic meat locker. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. I was going to name my band that. <laughs> Tricky Ick in the magic meat locker. Oh, gross. You know, oh, best of the party. Best part about it, all of our concerts, all fully AC. It's actually oh, it's nice and cool in there. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's actually too cold. <laughs> so I guess the only thing with this room is there anything in the room, like anything else that would make me feel like these body parts are staying uh, fresh-ish for something that's not due to the magical fridge. They don't look like they're under like a gentle repose effect, if that's what you're... Yeah, something like that. That's what I was looking for. No. All right, cool. Ooh. Okay. Here's an idea. They've obviously been preserved with this spell. Not quite. Remember I said that they're they're like decaying after... You know, like okay, something that fair. was in your Never fridge mind. for it, six months. Yeah. Uh, okay. That, no, never mind then. I was wondering if maybe someone was still conducting work here or experiments or keeping bodies or whatever but if there's decay clearly they've a- abandoned it. Yeah you could yeah. intuit that this has been abandoned. Okay. Guys actually this is probably where Dr. Brada was keeping count and track of the body parts This is it This is the room Rather macabre but I do think you're correct You're turning out to be a real detective Eclipse Maybe one day you'll reach my level. I'm not going to touch that. Ikmer, <laughs> Ikmer really shines in these rolls heavy uh, RP sessions. Uh, just kind of out of the limb here. Can I rotate alignments and see if I detect anything wild? Yeah, you can go for it. Yeah, uh, You don't really detect anything with an alignment okay. here. Do any of the uh, decaying body parts look similar to Ikmer's uh, ghoulish, festering flesh? Like, do any of them have any sort of bite wounds or anything on them? You might find one or two that looks like it's damaged in some way, but nothing that you would directly equate to, like... It doesn't look like they're harvesting, like, ghoul parts or something in here. The cuts from these body parts are not chopped necessarily, but cut in a 
pers- like precise manner, like a sur- surgical way. For the most part, it appears so. I mean, some of the limbs almost look like they might have been torn from something. Oh. Not uh, not all, obviously, but and some are like actually intact for the most part bodies, but some of the stranger limbs you see, like you like there's like a tentacle in here. You would think that something like that I mean you see like the frayed edges of flesh, like it was torn off and maybe sold. Are there pieces of bodies and or creatures and or monsters that look like what makes up the beast? Not that you can tell. Okay. Looks like regular people for the most part. Okay. There are some strange things. But nothing like I know he's got like like a like custom feathers on his shoulder and shit like that. Yeah. Okay. Nothing that really. I don't know if there's anything else that we want to look at. I mean, it seems like we found a bunch of interesting things. I mean, the next place we want to go is to the Chemworks place, right? That's like where I th- our clues are leading. I think we have the starting of a narrative, but I think once we go there, we might be able to start tying it together. For sure. Uh, where is the Chemworks located in relation to the asylum and the Church of Phrasma? It's in like the slummier district of town to the north church of the church of phrasma is far north this was i think you guys had gone north and then uh west down the uh, mortro river okay so on our way back then if we're going south we should be able to hit the phrasma temple on the way to chemworks sure yeah that doesn't sound that far out of our way so yeah oh awesome Okay. So, so you guys return to town. It is roughly um, three o'clock in the afternoon at this point. After you're again, you weren't there for overly long. Uh, it's only about a fifteen-minute trip either way. So you make it back and you head to Grave Charge. Correct. So we're going to the Phrasma Temple, right? All right. Let's just go straight there. All right. Do you have the gold to pay for a uh, removed disease? I don't know. Does Zikmar have the gold? Yeah, he does. I mean, we have that thousand gold from... uh, Embreth. Yes. Embreth. And he only spent, I believe, like 50 of it to cross the bridge in, what, Hergstadt? Not Hergstadt. Or uh, the water in... Morast. Morast. Yeah, and then another 380 for restoration. Yeah. So, remove disease is not a very high-level spell. I think you can get it for 100 gold. I don't really feel like calculating it. It's probably a little bit more than that. Okay. So, Ikmer walks into the temple... And would uh, do some some awkward bowing or something like sure. that before, like right after he enters, and then uh, seek out the nearest priest. Yep, or, and the priest would uh, happily remove your disease for a hundred gold. 
Well, here you go. Uh, I very much so appreciate it. I've... Well, I feel a lot better right now. I was getting a little woozy there, but... Yep, classic ghoul. Um, looks like you uh, really, really shouldn't, uh, I guess, head out into the swamp. You're going to have to be a little more careful if you don't want to get cool f- ghoul fever. Uh, good thing uh, good thing you caught this early. Really easy to treat. Well, One of your friends probably could have done it, uh, honestly. Well, it was... Uh... It was my fr- my good friend Matumbe, and he's a he's an avid Phrasma Phrasmazist, Phrasma so, fanatic. He's he's halfway across the temple looking at something. He hears his name, kind of looks over, waves, and goes from the back. Oh my my spell list is kind of limited. I couldn't take it by myself. I actually have to roll for this. I apologize. Okay, <laughs> I also liked how he kind of threw a little shade at Matumbe. Yeah, spell is blows, dude. Heals it. <laughs> Fantastic. <laughs> <laughs> All right, then uh, we'd head out, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Thank you very much. We'll see you probably sooner than later. Yeah, well, if you keep going out in the woods and stuff, yeah, of course. Just remember, uh, keep some gold. We'll heal your shit. Later. <laughs> <laughs> later, alligator. After a while, crocodile. All right, so let's, let's hit go the road, off. Toad. <laughs> <laughs> I'll see you when I get back, Jack. Oh my god! So we're leaving. <laughs> yep, you guys head out. <laughs> and are you going to talk to Carl, or are you going straight to Vorsteg and Grinds? It's again like three p.m. So I vote go straight to the Chemworks. Anyone else? Eckmeyer's right behind you. Yeah, we're on a time schedule. Agreed. Okay. You're on a time schedule. Let's go. And as you guys approach, you see a tall iron chimney that belches yellow clouds into the sky from the small brick factory. Large leaded windows arch in a dozen places on its outer walls but they are so begrimed as to be opaque. A large gate opens into an inner courtyard beyond a sign proudly proclaiming Vorgstag and Grind Kimmick Works. The building has two floors and a tower topped by a lightning rod. As you get even closer, you see a bell by the side of these large gates. Well, they have a doorbell. Also, anybody with a craft alchemy can roll that for me. As you smell this very pungent smell. Yeah, we've got an alchemist in the group, so we definitely have that. It's the best craft to take. No one has it, Griff. Okay. Um, what about uh, detective? <laughs> can I roll that? It smells like some of your most heinous farts. Eclipse will ring the doorbell. Okay, Eclipse rings the doorbell. Right, that's what that is. She rings the doorbell, and a shadowy figure steps out onto one of the balconies. And I need you guys to finish your drinks, because we'll see you next week. Oh. Oh. Oh.
<sighs> this drink is so good. <laughs>